the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, let's get it underway. It's a Thursday, and uh, Seth is in. Uh, Jr. is out. Jr. is traveling today, so he'll be. He's, he promised me he'll be back next week. He understands all you groupies out there really like to hear him, so uh, he'll be back next week. So you don't have to worry. He's he'll be part of this whole thing uh, again. Uh, there's c- several stories to talk about today. A lot of news going on. Let me ask you a question first, Seth. Uh, Razorbacks are playing Oral Roberts uh, in the Sweet 16. What do you think? You know, I know absolutely nothing about sports. Politics is my version of sports. Right. But even I watched the Razorbacks on Sunday. That ought to tell you that the mood in Arkansas is different now, and it feels good to finally be talking about good news in sports. So. Uh, and then I caught the last bit of the Oral Roberts game. You know, I I feel good about how the Hogs played and, and how aggressive we were in didn't Texas we, Tech. Didn't we beat Oral Roberts early in we the season? Did. We did. How, but, ba- how badly did we beat them? Well, see, don't ask me stats. That's where you lose me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't but remember. I, it seems to me that it was not a very close game. Right. But, but they've changed. They've the, yeah, they've been the upset team so far. The Cinderella, and they've gained some confidence now with these first two big right. wins that they've had. We'll see. I think if we're going to make it to the uh, Elite Eight. Yep. Now, whether we'll make it to the Final Four, I don't know. I have my my bracket had them in the Elite Eight. I don't have them in the Final Four. If we make it to the Final Four, I think we're going to shut down the state probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably there will true. Be a parade in every town, no matter. You know how you long know? it's been since we've <laughs> yep. been to the Final Four? <laughs> yeah. Nolan Richardson could tell you probably right. the exact date. It's been since the 90s. Yep. And I remember when the Final Four went on, that President Clinton went to see the game. Right, right. And he went and saw the national championship game, mm-hmm. too. So anyway, we'll see what's what happens, but it should be fun. Good news for the Razorback basketball team. Good news for the Razorback baseball team. It's doing very well uh, as we get baseball season and college underway. By the way, if you're wanting to watch the Razorbacks uh, on television, my suggest is the SEC Network. They've been putting a lot of the uh, baseball games on. And being such a baseball nut, you know, I flip between that, the ACC Network, and all the way over to the Big Ten Network. And being from the Big Ten area, uh, baseball's not. It, it's awful tough to play baseball in, like, Indiana uh, in April. It's 
cold still right. up there. <laughs> it really is. I, I had to play it in high school, and we'd go out, and it would be a nice day. It would be 71 degrees, and then all of a sudden, the wind would switch off the lake, and it would drop 30 degrees. It would be 40 degrees outside. And being a pitcher, I'm going to tell you what, when your hands get that cold, <laughs> I walk up to the batters before they come into the batter box and say, be on guard. Right. Because <laughs> I don't have real good grip on baseball today. I just don't. My, it makes that ball feel like it's got grease on mm-hmm. it. It's it's really slippery. All right. The other big piece of news that is out is that the president is going to have his first press conference today um, let me ask Heidi Heidi are are we going to carry that live do we know now, I don't know she I'm looking at her she's doing some work over there well USA Today did an article about his first press conference and what to expect and they said here are the first questions that the president probably will face so I'm going to open the phone line up here for just a moment Eight two three oh nine six five. Eight two three oh nine six five. From watching the news over the last week, what do you think the first question will be that the president is asked? And by the way, his press conference is at twelve fifteen our time in the afternoon. I've always used to presidents talking at 8 o'clock at night, 7 o'clock our time. He's going to have his at noon. And you mentioned to me, and you reminded me that when he was running for president, when people wanted to do interviews, they said, well, do them before noon because he's taking a nap. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, his staff was open with, and, I, you know, I forget the exact verbiage, but in effect, our candidate isn't the best after noon. So if we're, yeah, doing, that's weird. If we're doing an event, and back then he'd do – one a day maximum if they did that, if they didn't just call a lid at 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock. But if he did an event, they would always do him before noon. And I, they were quite open with our candidate's performance goes down afternoon. So we push our events up. Okay, so here's the question. Again, I'm trying to get you involved this morning. Eight two three zero nine six five. What will be the subject that the president will be asked about first? And his, uh, his, his 12 noon is not prime time. No. <laughs> uh, in his, uh, his press conference. Who do we got here, Heidi? Willie. Okay, well, let's get Willie on and see what, how good Willie is. Willie, what do you think? What will be the first subject that the president will be asked about? Well, uh, we beat Paul Roberts by 11 the first time. Oh, okay, thank you. But his first question is, the fiasco down at the border. Well, they say that's not going to be it. That was my guess. That was Seth's guess. But they're saying that that isn't right. So keep listening, Willie. We'll tell you what they think. This is USA Today now. What will be the first thing that the president will have to grapple with, so to speak, on uh, the national media today? Eight two three zero nine six five. So it's not immigration. So what do you think the president, what subject do you think that he'll be questioned on first? And we agree that it should be immigration. Yes. You would think that's, 
you know, been the, the pretty serious issue. But maybe the biggest tell that, that would not be the question was yesterday when the vice president, Kamala Harris, laughed at a question about whether or not she would ever go to the border. She found it laughable, <laughs> the subject. Maybe that should have been the big tell that they weren't going to take that question very seriously. Yep. Well, they got a lot of migrant children. Here's a good one for you. Isn't it interesting that if you come to our country illegally, they'll put you up in a hotel. But if you serve in the National Guard and go to protect senators and congressmen, they'll put you in a garage to sleep. You know what would have been the question if Donald Trump had gone this long without a press conference, right? Yeah, why? The first question would have been, well, why haven't – you know, they would have wasted their first question. about. It would have been a process question. Why have you waited so long to do this? And I bet you no reporter today brings up that Joe Biden has waited longer than any modern president to take questions from the press. Okay. So here's what USA Today says. In the wake of two deadly mass shootings – In the last week, in Georgia and then in Colorado, the country has renewed its long-standing heated debate over gun control legislation. Biden has signaled support for legislation that passed the House and will likely be asked about whether the White House is considering proposing new policies of introducing these through executive action. On March 16th, a gunman in Georgia killed eight people, six of whom were Asian American women. On Monday in Boulder, Colorado, a man killed 10 people, including a police officer whom he opened fire at at a grocery store. And boy, he just blew the left's narrative out of the water because one, he was not white. Two, he was angry, so they were right about that. Three, He hated Donald Trump. His uh, Facebook proves that point. And um, did you see what Wendell Griffin wrote about the Southern Baptist Church? No, I can only imagine. (laughs) Called them the hateful faithful. Mm -hmm. That's what he called them. And uh, tied the Atlanta shooting to the Southern Baptist Church. I wish I had that. I'd read it to you. Well, we should all be thankful that Wendell Griffin is going to be retiring and and not running again, which is good news. Bad news is he's going to be there until that moment. So. Yeah, yeah. Although he's he's been um, he's, his wrist has been slapped hard by the Supreme Court of Arkansas, but they're not going to be able to get him impeached. I wish that they would right. do that. To be honest, because if there's a person who deserves impeachment right now uh, that's on the bench, it is Wendell Griffin. I've had him on my show before, and when he was on my show and we talked, he um, he talked stupidity then, too. Well, I, I won't mention any names, but it's somebody that we would all know. This was many years ago. They were helping at a polling site here in Little Rock, and a gentleman came up to him because it was clear he was a poll watcher right? and said, uh, you don't belong here. You need to leave. That was Wendell Griffin. Okay, so that <laughs> – Sort of shows you the, the character of, of Judge Griffin. But uh, back to the, the story on the Biden issue, you know, it's obviously Joe Biden made it a huge part of his campaign that he was going to be a broad consensus seeker. Yep. 
uh, which not we know so much from out of the gate isn't true when yeah. you look at the covid bill right they had their number they stuck to it they had 10 republican senators including collins and murkowski the types that are willing to make a deal on anything come to the white house with a counter deal and biden didn't budge anything it didn't even shoot the gap and and merged the two plans stuck solely to what his 1.9 trillion number was okay. and didn't budge anything keep your thought We'll come back and let you finish it up, okay? I need to talk about somebody really important, Pat Davis. Pat Davis is your health plan man. You can find him at yourhealthplanman.com, or you can call him at 501-605-6935. And uh, here's some highlights of what he offers you in health insurance. First, it's real insurance it's actual insurance it's not a share plan share plans cannot guarantee you they're going to how much they're going to be able to cover like a surgery or anything like that it all depends on how many people are part of the plan and how much they pay in the plan uh actual insurance tells you what they will pay uh in uh, if you go to the hospital right now usually around 80 percent right now if you call pat up on the phone he'll tell you how he can save you 30 to 50 percent on your health insurance if you're self-employed this is the greatest health insurance that you can go out and get this is almost as great as canned beer it's pretty close just saying it's pretty close and uh, it's a health plan for you who don't want to pay for what you don't believe in You know, there's some health plans that abortion and all of that is included. You don't have to pay for all of that with this health plan. And uh, you get to choose any provider in the nation for this. Plus, you will get checks back from the doctor, urgent care, and even the hospital. How often has that happened to you? And there's no uh, no copays. Sounds too good to be true. Call Pat. Let him explain it to you and get you on this. Because once you know what it does, you'll want to be on it. Uh, Pat Davis, is. you can reach him at 501-605-6935 or yourhealthplanman.com. All right. You want to finish up your thought there? Sure. We were talking about the COVID package that passed and there was no concession. There was no middle ground. The Biden team and Senate Democrats under Chuck Schumer had the bill they wanted to pass. And guess what? That's what passed. There were no alterations to that made, even though there were 10 Senate Republicans that went to the White House willing to negotiate. Uh, So you could have clearly had bipartisan support if you wanted it and explicitly chose not to. They knew it would be a party line vote, and they were okay with that because they had enough. Gosh, let me think about another party line. Obamacare. (laughs) Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Funny how that happened. So. Then when you look at an issue like this, now they're talking about gun control. Mm-hmm. That just simply isn't, you know, when you pull most Americans, there's a percentage that want more restrictions. There's an equal, if not larger, percentage that want less. And then there's a whole lot in the middle that don't want any change. They're fine. They're Leave fine it with things. It's at. Right. How they are. And and people are wary of change. And you don't, you don't always know. You could think that means one thing and it means something different. So it just clearly is not gun control. Another issue to build consensus around and that was you know that was joe biden with cindy mccain and with john Kasich at 
uh, at the Democratic convention drawing the ire of many Democrats about, hey, we need a Democrat president. We're not trying to appeal to Republicans. Well, turns out they're not going to appeal to Republicans. And <laughs> not, with, not with the thoughts out of the Democratic Party. And so that's, you know, the, the Democratic activists are happy with the COVID bill. They're happy with the news yesterday that President Biden is considering all types of executive orders related to gun control. They're happy with what they got. So let me ask, do you think that he'll do an executive uh, action to make it illegal to buy weapons of war? You know, do you think that he'll say you can't buy, uh, you know, an AR-15 semi-automatic that is not a military weapon? I think Joe Biden will sign an executive order that uh, Obama would have flinched at thinking about signing. I think Joe Biden has made it very clear. He thinks he was elected for this moment, and anything he does needs to be the most left that the Democratic Party has been. He said when running, I want to be the most progressive president. He said, I will be the most progressive president uh, in Democratic politics, and I think he intends to swing big. So what he and the legal team of the White House think they can get away with. I think they're swinging for those fences and then a little more and, and push the envelope a little past that. Well, he's gonna, if, he, if he signs an executive order uh, banning certain firearms, it will be going up the judicial channels at warp speed. It will. <laughs> All right. It will get, from many angles. Yeah, it, and it will be in front of the Supreme Court Post haste. Yep. And they will lose. I think yeah. they lose no, and they I, no, lose big. So. Right. No, I, I definitely think so. And, you know, it's, I mean, gun sales and ammo sales are already pretty, you know, skyrocketing. But I think over the if next you month, find ammo. right. You just, I mean, you just wait. Uh, you know, we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. And I agree with that. So they think that the, the USA Today, in their article today in the paper, said that they thought that would be the first subject that's broached the second migrant children at the border the president does not want to deal with this because what he has done has caused this uh, mess that's on the border right now i mean it really really has and you know you you have the federal government now saying that they're looking at putting people up in motels and uh, and because they don't have, there's no room at the end, so to speak, there on the uh, the border. And the pictures have been coming out from the left of kids having to sleep on the floor and things of that nature. Well, and, and this issue, as you very well know, uh, you say it's a result of Biden's actions, and it is. But we can go back, you know, five, six years ago into the Obama administration when these detention facilities were originally built. And we got into that whole debate in the last administration, all these pictures from uh, all the leftists and, and activists saying how awful the Trump administration was. And come to find out many of those pictures were actually taken in the Obama years under the administration who built these cages. Yeah, now they, they're they, still they there. had pictures that they used against Trump that it was Obama. Right. And so these same facilities are still there. And some Democratic activists, uh, Jamal Bowen, who's the new member from the squad from I think New York, I believe, is where he's from. At least to his credit, he called out the Biden administration and said, I don't I don't care if it was Obama or Trump or now Biden. He thinks these are wrong. So some people have some consistency on there. But Joe Biden has no consistency 
because this happened when he was vice president. Then he criticized it last year when he wasn't president. Now he is, and now he's keeping the policy uh, and, and giving any number of incentives for people to come across the border. I mean, somebody was interviewed on MSNBC, and they outright said, well, America's welcoming. That's that's the message that has clearly gotten out. If you show up and claim asylum, you'll get you'll you'll get into the country. And that's people hear that and they don't need to hear any more about what happens after that. In fact, most of these people are economic migrants. Yep. That's what they are. Yep. And I'm not saying that uh, it's wrong to try to seek a better life for your family. I will say, though. There's only so many people that we can help right. that way. And uh, and you got to go through the process so we can winnow out the ones that really need the help. Here's what they're saying. The number of unaccompanied minors at the border has led to overcrowded conditions in short-term jail-like facilities. Now, notice they, they didn't, you know, call them, uh, you know, what do they call them? Nazi facilities, mm-hmm. I think, under Trump. Uh, Said they were internment camps yeah. down on the border. Yeah. Photos released this week show children in immigration facilities sleeping on mats under foil blankets. Those are NASA blankets, by the way. Separated in groups by plastic partitions. And Biden has taken heat from Republicans who blame the increase on the president's reversal of some of the hardline immigration policies enacted by former President Trump. All right, news. David Lucas Financial wanting to help you with your retirement. Now, I've been talking about this for weeks now. Have you taken advantage of uh, getting a copy of the Ultimate Retirement Planning Checklist? It has 30 questions you should be able to answer so that you know your retirement is on the right tracks. You don't want to get off the rails somewhere uh, like in your fifty, late 50s, early 60s when you're going to be retiring 65, 70. You want to make sure you're taking everything into consideration. And that's what David Lucas helps you to do. He asks the right questions to get your mindset on the right subjects so that you have the right program so that when you retire, you don't have to worry about outliving your money. You don't want to outlive your money. You want your money to outlive you. You know, you want to be able to give your family a little little something after you pass away. You don't want to still be alive and you go to the bank and there's nothing in the bank. That's a bad feeling. So get a copy of the Ultimate Retirement Planning Checklist. All you have to do, be one of the first 10 callers right now, 501-222-3315, and uh, they'll send you one in the mail, or you can go to davidlucasfinancial.com and find it uh, there. All right, so those are the first two things that they said that the president would talk about today. They expect that Biden is going to talk about his infrastructure plan because it's uh, they're saying that he's expected to reveal a robust uh, infrastructure plan to follow his legislative win with the passage of his $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief package. The infrastructure plan could hit resi- uh, resistance uh, from Republicans, though, 
with some of the priorities Democrats may focus on, including climate change prevention. Think about that. We're talking roads, bridges, and they want to talk climate change and how that somehow affects it. Uh, The president may have to answer questions about the inevitable high price tag of the uh, package. It would include money for roads, bridges, the cellular network, and other infrastructure needs, which he signaled he'll help pay for by undoing Trump's tax breaks for high earners. No, he won't. There's not enough money there. For high, for gotta high have more than that. Yeah, you got to have more than that. You just have to. Transportation Sec- Secretary Pete Buttigieg. See, I can say the name now. Boot edge edge. And he got me through <laughs> it. Is scheduled to appear before the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee today to uh, lay out the administration's priorities and what will be a first step into a month-long negotiation with Congress. It's got to be over a trillion dollars. I think it's going to be more than the COVID package. I think it is as well. I think there's. I think money is irrelevant right now. And to the, to the Democrats, the it always right. is irrelevant. <laughs> right. Always. We'll figure out a way to pay for it later on, you know, and then they never do. I mean, it was Joe Manchin yesterday or the day before that said he favors a ginormous infrastructure package. And, yeah, he supports raising the corporate rates to get them there. Okay. With if Joe that, Manchin says that, what do you think the others say? Because we're at, at what right now, 23% corporate tax, mm-hmm. and uh, Biden wants to get up to 28.5% yep. back to what we were before. Right. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't have real favorable views of where America will be in 2022. I, mean, I really don't. I do think that we will take back the House. Uh, one thing that will have a direct impact on voters, if these gas prices keep on skyrocketing as fast as they are, if we go over $3 a gallon, look out. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, if you're a Democrat, that's going to be something you're asked about. And the reason it's happening is because of your president, who is leading the nation right now, is destroying the oil industry in America, or trying to. Well, and we were talking about during one of the breaks, you know, between that and the immigration issue, Mm, and then just, you know, just the pure politics of redistricting, right? We're going to reapportion some congressional districts, and it's no secret, if you look at the country, the places that are decreasing are largely the Northeast, blue Democratic states that people looked around and thought, why are we still living here? In the places that are growing are Texas and Florida. Gee, I wonder, you know, better weather, but also just a better place to live, a better standard of living, nicer people, opportunities, growth. And so that's where people are moving. So between redistricting, between the spending, which, as you said, especially in the oil industry, is going to lead to any number of problems for American families. And then immigration, I think it's almost, and you got to be careful about saying this in politics, but it feels like a slam dunk for us to take back the house in the midterms next year i won't say that i, I won't say it because <laughs> i thought trump would win and right. the reason i thought trump would win is i thought that he spoke what the american people wanted done what i did not anticipate is people blaming him for covid19 right and then secondly uh, people having such a distaste in their mouth 
for the way that he conducted his business at times. Well, and it's still uh, amazing the number of, of Democrats who hold that, yes, everything that happened in our country related to COVID was preventable. Right. If Donald Trump wasn't there, if Hillary Clinton was there or if Joe Biden was president earlier, that none of this would have happened there. Are, I mean, there are Democrats that believe that there are Democratic members of Congress that have said this was preventable. That's how they have described covid. It was preventable. I don't know what world they're living on when every other country in the world had it as well. Yep. That somehow the the you know, the number one country in the world, the most prosperous, the most well traveled that we were somehow going to not have this happen you know it's re- that really is mind-boggling the number of folks that think this was entirely uh, preventable and when you look at the president we can go back to the china ban early on and then later flight restrictions to the uk which i mean democrats were lighting themselves on fire about when the president announced those you remember joe biden said the china ban was uh nationalistic was racist, xenophobic xenophobic and then later said that okay he agreed with it and then later said the president didn't go far enough <laughs> i mean three different positions on that one issue uh, which is really incredible yeah it really really was and uh, i thought that president trump as president did did really good things for our economy and uh, trying to hold the line against the cancel culture and things of that nature now we're having to deal with uh these people in full throat you know they're really going after everybody now all right so the other thing the state of the pandemic the last thing they say that the president will talk about or be asked about Biden's press conference comes after his first televised address earlier this month during which he announced that every american adult will be eligible to receive a vaccine beginning may 1st the president has been touring the country to promote the $1.9 trillion relief plan passed by Congress that includes $1,400 checks to individuals and money to expedite vaccinations and support school reopenings. If you're going to reopen schools, you better get the teachers union on your side. Right. (laughs) Uh, That hasn't happened yet. Uh, They want to stay out of school. They don't want to go back in school. They say it's dangerous to go back in school. And then while some states are lifting their vaccine uh, eligibility requirements, we've done that here in Arkansas, uh, and more people are getting vaccinated, there are also states lifting mask wearing and business restrictions. The nation has also seen its rate of COVID-19 infections stop falling. Now, that's what what they're saying. I uh, believe that You know, a lot of people are getting vaccinated. I just got my second shot on Tuesday for Pfizer. Yesterday, I felt a little peak uh, during most of the day, some aches and pains, but they went away, and I feel great today. And um, I think people should get the shot. I know there's people out there, oh, no, you know, they're going to put a a chip in my shoulder or something like that and be able to right. be able to follow you. They don't have to do that, man. You got a cell phone. The government already <laughs> assigns you a number at birth, okay? Yeah. They're after you. They can follow <laughs> you on your cell phone, you know, right. unless you're willing to reach in, take that chip out, and break it in half. Right. And it's going to happen. I mean, I don't think most of you are going to do that. And then how many of you that are concerned about this uh, vaccine is somehow for them to be able to keep track of you how many of you have Alexa in your house? Right. <laughs> just, Listening to everything. Yeah, you know? just just wondering, just wondering. But anyway, uh, 
The pandemic money, $1.9 trillion, only 9% of that money deals mm-hmm. with the pandemic. Well, and so much of it solves deficit problems and, and bad spending habits in democratic states. This is yep. sort of a, a makeup deal. And then it's just a, a sweet little present to Randy Weidgartner and all those folks that work for the teachers' unions uh, that really seem to hold the Biden administration hostage this first month. I mean, every it, it just seems wild to me where at the end of March and the Biden administration is still talking about, quote, safely reopening schools as if the majority of the country isn't already ahead of that. Yeah, okay? Well, <laughs> you know, Biden said the other day, and I I heard this, I've been looking for the uh, the piece. If I find it, I'll send it to Heidi and we'll put it in our our little uh, files so that we can play it. But the key is, is that he said that we would have more of these type of situations because there's thousands of viruses in the world. Mr. President, there have been thousands of viruses in this world forever, Mm -hmm. forever. And this is the first time that the government told us we had to stay home we had to close businesses and, and all the rest, and uh, it was insane. Now, here in Arkansas, has the governor given them uh, the restaurants? Do you, you okay for 100% reopening? Yeah, I mean, folks are, are free to do what they want. Now, here at Little Rock, a lot of folks are pretty well keeping uh, the same, but I imagine in other parts of the state, they're uh, pretty well opened up. Good. I'm glad to hear that. All right, uh, let me remind you about PI Roofing. PI Roofing uh, will take good care of your roof they are your roof leak detectives all you gotta do is call them 707-3551 let me tell you if you got a leak in your roof you found out about it last night we had biblical proportion rain last night i thought it was thundering and lightning my dog was up in bed with me he was, he, he was literally laying on my head he wanted to be so he wanted to be so close to me so he you know, like I could protect him from the lightning. I can protect him from a lot of things. I can't protect him from lightning. But he was sleeping right next to my head. And uh, he stayed there all night. I wasn't going to try to get him to go down because he was not going to get out of bed. So uh, Dexter spent the night with his uh, his master on the, uh, the bed. But yeah, you should have seen a leak last night if you got a leak. Uh, but you should have PI Roofing come out and check your roof so that you know you're not slowly forming a leak. There's there's a lot of different ways leaks form, but here's the key. They can come out, they can find out where those leaks might form and, you know, preemptively fix it. Call them at 707-3551, 707-3551, or visit them at piroofing.com. All right, we got uh, just a few moments left here with Seth Mays. I, I've been remiss in not telling you he is uh, with the Arkansas GOP and has joined me today like he does every Thursday for the most part. And then uh, J.R. Davis normally is here from Gilmore Davis. He is out and about somewhere in the country. I don't know where, but he'll be back next week. And uh, maybe we can get him to come in too next week and and, and talk with us. Do you think that the, that uh, we'll see um, the mask mandate go away by April 1? Oh, yeah, I think so. And I think the governor has, has pretty well said we're on track to do that. And 
and that's going to be the expectation. And listen, you know, I think for most people, I don't think it's going to be any different. I think most people right now, if they can get away without wearing a mask, they've probably chosen to. And I imagine some people will still continue to wear them. You know, personally, for me, the mask has not been it's not that big of an issue. I don't it doesn't seem to really, you know, block any breathing. So I'll probably still continue if I go to the grocery store or whatever for some time until we get vaccines to everybody. I'll probably still wear it just as a courtesy. But, uh, you know, I imagine lots of folks aren't. And I, I think folks at this point have pretty well settled into what their routine is going to be, whether they're going to do it or not. But I think officially on the record, I think that will be gone at the end of this month. So when do you think the federal government or the state government or the local governments will say that COVID-19 is over? You know, I don't think the federal government is going to say that. I think that Joe Biden believes, and I, you and I sort of might even agree with this point, but for a different reason, I think Joe Biden believes he was elected because of COVID. Now, in the last block, we talked about why that was wrong to throw everything at the president's feet as if this wasn't happening everywhere else yes. as well. But I think Joe Biden believes that's what his mandate was, was COVID. And if you believe that's what brought you to the dance, then you don't want to give it up. And I think he's going to continue with, we need to be vigilant. I mean, he was talking about life will be normal in 2022. I, I think folks are ready for it to be normal this but summer. But you still might have to wear a mask. Right. Even if exactly. you've been inoculated. And, and so that's what I'm saying. I don't think Biden's going to give this up. I think the federal government is going to stick with this as an issue just so they look like our saviors. Like they're telling us the hard truths and they're looking out for us more than we're looking out for ourselves. So... I think the federal government isn't going to give this up. I think the question, and I had this conversation with my grandparents last week, both of which have gotten their vaccines. I wonder if in the future we don't see a fusion COVID plus flu type of vaccine. And it's just, you know, if they can do a one shot. It's all COVID, so there should be something that they can do. Right. And so, I, you know, to some extent, this may be something that we live with. We never have the outbreak that we did, but it will just be normal, you know, three decades from now. Oh, did you get your COVID shot? You know, I hear, I hear it's a bad flu year. I hear it's a bad COVID year. Yeah. You know, I, I think we could see something like that going forward. Yeah, I don't see them giving up on this either. And I think that they're going to try to run our lives with it, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think that's going to be part of it. All right. So yesterday, something really strange happened. There was a Senate bill 310, and it was passed overwhelmingly by both the House and the Senate. The governor vetoed it. So now to override a government uh, veto, a governor's veto, all you need is a 50 plus one vote. That's all you need, majority. And they didn't get it. Here's the weirdest thing I had about this, Seth, is that, what was the the vote, 67 to something or whatever it was? Initially. Initially, Mm -hmm. I mean, 67 House members uh, voted on on 301 which would require the alcoholic beverage control division to return roughly about forty thousand dollars in cash it received in the form of fines uh this bill passed back on february 2nd and here were the votes the senate 19 to 14 and the house 67 20 so logic says to me the, the battle is going to be in the Senate because there was only 19 people who right. voted for it. No problem in the Senate. Goes to the House, 
And only 40 of the 67 people who voted for this bill voted to override the governor's veto. For the life of me, this totally confuses me. Why would would that happen? I'm going to let you talk about this a little bit. I think some of that, Dave, is a fog of war type thing. They're in the middle of it. Uh, as as happens every day, the governor will send a letter to both the Senate and the House that, in essence, just says, you know, yesterday I signed House Bill 111. It is now Act, you know, 23 of the general session, whatever. Right. And so when he vetoes a bill, the same thing happens. A letter goes to both chambers, and, and they the uh, clerk will read the letter from the governor giving the explanation for vetoing a bill. And then uh, as it was taken up the day before yesterday, uh, you know, Brant Smith in the House and Dan Sullivan in the Senate went to the floor and asked for reconsideration on Senate Bill 301 uh, to override uh, the veto. And they explained their reasoning for why. And as you pointed out, you know, there were 20 some odd members who voted present or were not voting. And, you know, I think a lot of that, Dave, really just comes down to. And, and I don't think this is a criticism of anybody. I think I would be in a similar situation, haven't considered all of the factors and maybe felt it was being moved along too quickly. You didn't have to take up a veto override the day after the veto. You, I mean, you've got all session to bring that up if you want. And so I think people, you know, if I'm being honest, not as though I'm ever anything different with you. Yeah. I think the governor had some good arguments. I thought uh, Senator Sullivan and Representative Smith had very good arguments. And I think some people had not fully thought it through uh, and so decided to not vote or to vote present. Or maybe they switched, you know, some there was a handful of folks that switched to a no. Uh, so I think it was just one of those issues that people genuinely wanted more time uh, to think over. Because I think it a veto gives people a, a lot of pause. There were rumors that the governor might veto uh, the, the total abortion ban because he has always in the past, including back with, when he was in Congress, favored exemptions uh, in certain scenarios mm-hmm. uh, but he hasn't this is only the second bill that he has ever vetoed and i think that carried some weight he made good arguments there were good counter arguments and i think people were in the middle and they didn't have enough time to percolate so, on the issue so this is not the end of this they can still bring uh, an override back is that correct i don't know the rules on an override i know the last time it happened it was not brought back and i don't know if that was procedurally or if that's in the rules. Like I said, this is only the second time we've been there. Well, I'll tell you, tomorrow in the Friday show, Dan Sullivan will be on the show to tell us Perfect what person needs to, to be due. Right. That's exactly <laughs> right. He'll be with us along with Robert Steinbach and uh, Chris Corbett. I'll be back in the next hour. we got to let Seth go. wish we had a couple hours to talk, but uh, Seth has to make his way to work, and then uh, we'll have Joe and Duck here talk about cars. 823-0965, that's the number with your question.
All right. Moving to our second hour, and uh, Joe and Duck are here. They're ready to answer any car questions you have. Today, I hope that you have Bluetooth, okay? I really want you to keep your hands on the wheels because it's raining outside. And um, I know I was driving in early this morning, and there's a lot of water standing on the road. You betcha. And I hit it, and it turned off my cruise control. Mm-hmm. You know, and I... Now, Duck will tell you this is this is an anomaly, all right? You know how fast that's going today, coming in? Probably the speed limit today. I was doing 60. All right? I slowed down. I mean... You, you drive to the way the conditions are. Exactly. And the conditions, when you can't, when you can't see the roads because they don't paint the frickin' lines on them. Well, on top of that, Dave, they <laughs> peeled all the lines off when they plow for the snow. Oh, I was so... Look on the side of the road. You can see all the yellow yeah, and white on the side of the road. I was so mad at that. I mean, you're driving down. It's raining. You're already having problems seeing. Uh, and you look down at the road, and you cannot see any white lines on the road. Yeah. And people show that because they're all over the road driving down the road four across. You ain't by yeah. yourself, Dave. You know we're all in the same boat. You know, yeah. I I turned on my uh, my little bright <laughs> bar that I got, and I'm sorry if I I hurt your eyes when I came past you today, but at least I could see the road. Absolutely, it was tough. If you went by a truck, you were blind for a few moments. You really were. So anyway, that's why always have good wiper blades. They're not that expensive, and they're really good for keeping you safe. Is that not right? You can buy a good pair for $30. Yeah. Now, twice a year, you know, before winter comes, you put them on, and then at the end of the winter before spring, you put them on, and, and that's the way it works. And i got to do that. And think about all the cars that set with the snow on them stuck the windshield wipers and they turned them on and yep. and it's rough on them when they stick to the windshield mm-hmm. well i'll i'll let you know that joe i'm coming over to see you on monday okay i gotta pay for that injector you put in i'm okay. gonna do that right. and i'm ordering four new tires uh for the car because okay. the tires now are you can see the the little marks that are in, there. Bars in them yeah you can see that they're starting to wear and if the wear bars are wearing, you need more tread. Yep. So I'm going to put tread more tread on my car. A little bit, a little bit hairy today driving in. I just fixed to say a day like today, and they're down to the wear bars. You can hide your blame quickly. It was moving at mm-hmm. times. I could feel it move, and and that makes me really nervous. So I'll be able to get four. Now, four tires for my SUV is about right around eight hundred bucks. That's if I buy them now. Uh, if the president keeps on, you know, honking down on the oil industry, guess what your tires are made out of? They're made out of rubber, right? Yep, made out of oil. It's made out of oil. Guess what 90% of that your vehicle is made out of? Yeah. Oil. So that means that you're going to pay more just to put four new tires on. And I think $800, I want to beat my head against the wall sometimes because I remember when a tire used to buy me, uh, it cost me about... 40 bucks at the most. Well, I was reading in the tire review from Babcox Media, and they're talking about how some of the tire manufacturers are moving over to, instead of using petroleum to manufacture the rubber in the tires, move it over, and they're going to change it over to soybean oil. I'm just thinking, we have enough trouble with the rats eating the 
wiring harnesses. Start eating your wheels. Now they're going to chew your tire. I, I got one in yesterday, I'm Joe. I'm serious. I got a motorhome <laughs> in yesterday. Yeah. The wiring all cut off of it. I got three phone calls. I Let me rephrase that. Blake and Russell got three phone calls. Okay. Uh, the thieves come through and cut the cats off. Oh, yeah. no. Again, huh? That three yesterday. Mm-hmm. And one guy, he said, how much is this going to cost? And Blake said, what kind of vehicle is it? He said, well, it's a... Uh, 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 2019 F250 Ford. He said, I ain't nothing about $9,000 won't fix. Oh, yep. He said, Oh, like Tom Cena, call your insurance company, turn a claim in. That's yep. it. All right. It's $9,000, and they probably got three or 400 out of it. For all those precious metals that are inside of them, they open those yep. things up and pull out the platinum and all of that. And Dave, each one of them cats has the VIN serial number of that vehicle. Okay. So they've learned that. So now they're cutting them open and getting the stuff out and putting it in five-gallon buckets and going to sell it. And then throwing the, the, the outer casing away. away. Okay. There's got to be something they can do. You know, you, <coughs> Somebody comes up and says, hey, I got, a, I got a bucket full of platinum over here. You're supposed to have where it come from. <laughs> you might want to think a little bit about it. Yeah. You're supposed to have where it come from, what kind of vehicle come off, and the receipt where you've replaced it. Well, somebody's not following the rules because evidently there's Don't a care. market for this stuff. Don't care. Yeah, I get them guy. I get them phone calls all the time. This is uh, uh, coming through. Any cats you want to sell? Yep. You get them too, Doug. You know yep. these guys are you know fly by nights and and most of these people are out of South Florida that I'm getting phone calls from. Really? Yeah. They'll tell me where they're from. If it's true or not, you know you don't really yeah. know. Yeah. But. Guy's driving a truck. He's just going around the shops buying old cats and throwing them in there. And where he takes them to is probably not in this state. It's going to be in another state somewhere. Yeah, state I by state by state, the laws change. You know? Yeah, but you know it's it's out there and it's going to continue to be out there until they can figure out what to do with it to slow it down. But we're getting anywhere from one to five a month. Most especially little Sprinter motor homes because they're real easy to get up under. They're up off the ground a little bit. But what people don't understand on a Sprinter, the cat is made into the exhaust manifold. Mm-hmm. The DEF filter is what they're cutting off, and they're worth actually price of steel, mm-hmm. scrap metal. Yeah, which right now is about uh, like eight dollars a hundred pounds. No. Not a great way to make money. And, but they think they're getting the cats, <laughs> but they're not getting the cats. They're getting the DEF filters. Okay. And all the DEF filters has core charge on them of $1,600. So really the <coughs> bad part of this is that whoever owns the vehicle is taking it into cojones. Yeah, because yeah. most motor homes has $1,000 deductible on them. Mm-hmm. So. Amazing. Amazing. There's got to be a way of stopping it. <clears throat> well, you know, you file that under your comprehensive. You know, if your collision deductible is like a thousand, your comprehensive is usually less than about half that. Yep. But you know, it'd be like a windshield, whatever it costs you for a windshield, it's going to cost you about the same. For it'd be like running over something on the road and tearing it up. But you know, it's a, it's a bad deal because we put a bunch of them on at our place, and I know Duck does, and I know the other shops are too. Gary Henry's been getting a bunch running rampant out there, just crawling them under them in the middle of the night with the battery powered saws on, cutting them off, and then they'll just pull the wires and the plugs and cut them, and then you got to put a cat on it, and then you got to have O twos, and then you got to have the wiring harness pigtails, and yep. it's a mess. 
And some of these, like on an F-754 they stowed, you can't buy pigtails for them. You got to buy the wire harness, and it's $4,000. Yeah. Good grief. It's a mess. I yeah, got one day sitting in my yard. It's $26,744 plus tax to fix it. So adding to the 10%. Yes. Okay. Wow. That's another 700 bucks. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of money. You know, and they cut the cats. They got the, you know, a, a Cummins has got a front knock sensor, a rear knock sensor, a front temperature sensor, a rear temperature sensor, and a middle temperature sensor. Plus, it has a injector to inject the, the fluid into it. They got it all. Mm-hmm. They got the injector, the sensor, the front knock sensor, the back knock sensor. Plus, they went up there and cut the wire harness off, and you can't get no plugs for that particular wire harness. I told you that I had uh, one a Prius, Toyota Prius, come in and cut the converters off of. I really? thought, <laughs> Lord, that was a skinny kid get underneath that. Yeah, that thing rides low. <laughs> you betcha. Yeah, that rides low. They they must have got some jacks and I guess so. it up. Yeah. They had two strong boys. They just picked it up. Yeah, they picked it up. Hold it up yeah. on one side and go ahead and yeah. down there. Clean this over on the side to yeah. get it off of there. And hope that he can hold on to it. Yeah, I hope yeah. they don't yeah. drop it while I'm up on <laughs> there. But you put it on you all right let's get the first uh question in when we come back and then uh it's going to be about a 2007 pontiac g6 uh a four-cylinder 2.4 liter <laughs> now i i had the g8 and i really liked it mm-hmm. and but you can't buy a pontiac anymore they don't make them anymore so uh with that in mind we'll come back and talk about this but it's a question from another state and uh, I'll mention something that he mentions in this question that we don't have here in Arkansas. And I'm so happy you betcha. that we don't have it. We'll be back and we'll explain it all to you when we get back. Uh, the folks at Applied Research got some good things going for you. Uh, you walk into their walk-in clinic, which is over there in, uh, what was it? Um, well, I'm trying to think. Uh, it's I just lost it. Rodney Parham. It's on Rodney Parham, right next to the... Uh, 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 Burger King, right down from Party Time, if you know where I'm talking about. And uh, this is where their clinic is at. They now you can walk in and get a rapid test for COVID 19 and treatment if necessary. It includes the test and a medical evaluation. Treatment and follow up visit are included if. The test is positive. Here's the number to call, 501-954-7822. That number again is 501-954-7822, and you can schedule your appointment right now. You know, I'm kind of confused about why more people aren't advertising out there to tell people where they're getting the shots at. You know, you you can like call around and try to find where you can go out and get your Pfizer or Madura or whatever, uh, you know, uh, vaccine you're going to get. It's like everybody's keeping it close to the vest. They don't want to tell you where you can go to get the you know, get the vaccine. I don't understand that. I'd, I'll let you know where I went. I went to St. Vincent's uh, place over there on Archer and uh, University. That uh, you call them, make an appointment, they'll get you in in a couple of days. No problem. No problem whatsoever. And they do a really good job. They do. All right, 18 after 7, a break, and then we're back with uh, Joe and Duck. 
Uh, give us a call if you got a question, 823-0965, 823-0965. All right, 21 after 7, let's get to our first question. This is a 2007 Pontiac G6, uh, a four-cylinder, 2.4 liter. I used to have, uh, I think it was a G8, and I had the one that had the uh, the uh, convertible top. That Retractable would, hard yeah, top. Yeah, would go into your trunk and whatever. And it, I loved that car. That car was a great car. It looked like a Mercedes is what it looked like. So anyway, Kate wants to know about how do I drive an illegal vehicle and will jumping my battery reset it? Okay. Let me explain what's going on. She's not from Arkansas. All right. She's from New York. My car is currently not registered or inspected. I can't get it registered until it's inspected, according to the uh, New York SDMV. I have a battery draw issue and can't afford to get it diagnosed or fixed until I start working again. The battery was recently taken out and put on a charger, but still frequently dies and needs jumping. The uh, car can't be inspected until I drive it 50 more miles because of the battery being reset according to the shop. But how am I supposed to drive 50 miles with an illegal vehicle? (laughs) And if the battery ends up needing to be jumped during the 50 miles, will that reset the battery again and require another 50 or 60 miles? So great. It's a, this is a, a, a uh, you know this is one of those quandaries that you find yourself in. No, it's not really. Okay. All right. Certain states require an inspection, and if it goes in to be inspected, and they do a code test on it, they can tell when the last time the code test was because they can't inspect it if it has any trouble lights on, None. like a net check engine light. So if if you have that happen to you, they'll give you a rejection slip, and you have to drive your car for fifty miles. Bring it back after 50 miles if there's no code set in there and they see it has not been reset and the battery has not been dead on it, they'll inspect the vehicle, certify it, and you can go buy tags on it. While you're driving it, you have to have a valid driver's license, insurance on the vehicle. And a registration. But uh, the old registration, but the new one you can't get till you get it inspected and get, get it, it inspected, yep. So what she needs to do is put a battery in this car or fix the draw on it so the battery quits going dead. Then she can start that process, and then it's a 50-mile drive. If it sets any codes, she's going to have to have those repaired, and then she can buy tags on it. And, and by, you know, and she says here that she drives it 50 miles, and it could need to be jumped. It may have alternator issues, you know, and it could, could be an ECM issue. She's got to take it to somebody and let somebody put it on a computer and diagnostic and see, see if it is. Yeah. Draw test the battery. And here's the problem. She says she can't do that. Because she's not working. She's not working it yet. yet. Probably a, a, a fatality of the of COVID. The COVID-19. Exactly. Well, she's going to have to get it, the battery repaired on it before she can get it inspected. And, and you know, it is it's in certain states that's the law, and she'll just have to. Tennessee's the same way. Wait till she it, gets it. Tennessee, you got they they stick the thing up to exhaust pipe and they check all that and everything. in Tennessee, well, be glad we don't have it here in Arkansas anymore. We used to, but we don't anymore. North Carolina just like that too. Yeah, several states out there. That makes it a mess, man. I think that makes it a mess. All right, let's go to Annie. Annie, wait had, a minute, Dave. Let's, yeah. let's go to one. I want to go to this one. All right, which on one? The Renee. 
Renee. with a 2016 Honda CRV. Okay. This four cylinder 2.4. The engine is damaged from no oil? Question mark. Uh, the vehicle is an HRV. Uh, didn't have that option to choose from, and not sure if it makes a difference. Oil light came on while driving. I had to drive approximately five more miles before I was able to stop. The engine was making a clicking, knocking noise. Vehicle was towed to dealership the next day. Dealership stated oil plug came loose, and I had lost all my oil. They changed my oil 20 days previous to this incident. Dealership fixed issue and stated they didn't see any damage, but couldn't guarantee that the engine wasn't damaged. Drove vehicle home and engine randomly makes clicking noises and is much louder than normal. There is also a burnt smell, which might be the oil burning off the underside of the vehicle, question mark. Does my vehicle have permanent damage, question mark? Do I have any recourse with the dealership, question mark? All right, guys. A lot of questions here. It's a yes and a yes. Okay. And another yes. That's correct. <laughs> it has damage. Yep. She drove with no oil in it for five miles. It's got, not only has it got crankshaft damage, but it's got head damage, too. You're lucky it didn't lock up on you. Yeah, very lucky. You know. And, yes, they're responsible for leaving the plug loose and the plug falling out. And, yes, they should be responsible for making the repairs. Yes. Question. And, don't, mean, and don't take their word for it where they say, hey, there's nothing wrong with it, even though it's clicking and knocking and all no. kinds of stuff. Well, they told her they couldn't guarantee it didn't have have engine damage but they should have inspected it pull the valve cover off and you'll find the head because that thing don't have cam bearings in it It, the cam runs straight into the head uh you're going to have problems there because on a on that particular honda car all the oil that it goes up to the top of the head and trickles back down Mm -hmm. so it didn't get no oil to the camshaft no oil to the current crankshaft no oil to the rod bearings or the main bearings yes like Joe said, you do have trouble. Yep. And it's a 2016 car, probably got 70, 80, 90,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. You know, unless she drives a long ways to work every day, but, you know, I'd be back at the dealership discussing yeah. it with them. And taking a look at it and making sure there's no damage well, to they it. they can pull the oil pan off doing inspection, but the thing about a rod or a main bearing, once you score it, it's, scored. it's never going to get better. No, steady going to get worse. That's correct. So, and she may drive it 100 miles and it come all to pieces. And she may drive it 2,000 miles before it comes right. all to pieces. But it's going to. But it's going to happen. All right. So there you got it from uh, words of wisdom. This is when you got to stand strong against the person who says, no, we don't need to fix that. That's <laughs> when you say, you know, I got a lawyer that I think I'm going to talk to. And we're going to get this fixed. You know, that's about all you can do in in that situation all right we got a break coming up here on the uh the dave ellswick show uh, dave ellswick show and uh let's talk a little bit of, i got about a minute let's talk a little bit about bumper to bumper the, if they didn't do the uh, oil plug right or, or whatever mm-hmm. they'd fix whatever happened well sure every, every garage got garage keeper liability and and what that means is if we make a mistake like that, the, our insurance company will kick in and help on that, right? Yes, uh, they'll kick in and, t- and help us out. There's a, there's there's a lot of avenues there, but you know the reason we're bumper to bumper certified service centers is because of uh, bumper to bumper quality of parts, 
their availability of parts, and and their price on those parts. We can pass all that along to our customers, and it makes for a great deal for us and for our customers, and, and that's what it's all about, doing the best you, job you can with the best parts you can and at the best price. But think about it. This has got to be, you know, and you got to think, it's, it's if they made a mistake, all right, don't come back to them two days later and said, you know, you guys tuned up my engine and now my left turn signal doesn't work. Well, we have that <laughs> happen all the time. I know. Every day. All right. Rush is next and we're back here. Oh, she still was alive. It'd be a birthday today, huh? Oh no, she uh, she died in 2018. Yeah, there's two movies coming out about her. They're all right now. Oh, are they both on? I I really want to see them because I loved Aretha Franklin. She was really, really good. Excellent, excellent uh, singer. She had what? What was it that uh, I'm trying to think? The guy that Barry Gordy said that she had the voice of an angel. That's true. (laughs) She could sing. See, she's still playing in the background. That's because Heidi's over there breaking it down. (laughs) She's dancing to that. She likes that kind of music. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 2012 Hyundai Tucson GLS. Annie's got this car. Four-cylinder, 2.4 liter. The stereo doesn't work when the engine starts, but it works when the ignition is an accessory and on positions. The stereo started working intermittently a week or so ago, but now only works when the ignition is turned to accessory or on. One mechanic said, buy a new stereo. Another mechanic said, replace the ignition. I'm going to go with the last mechanic. I think it's probably your ignition. I don't think it's the ignition switch, to be honest with you. Me neither. No. There's a lot of things go into the uh, what you call the info system on a late model. Yeah, because she's hitting the button thinking she's hitting the stereo, but she's really the stereo's over in the dash. Yeah, the radio part. There, but but there is communication issues there of some sort. It probably needs to be uh, maybe may need a reflash. It might possibly need a new radio. Uh, but but still, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, the radios will play with the key turned off till you open the driver's door. Mm-hmm. So I think something somewhere is telling it that it, it shouldn't be on, and it might just simply be that it. Uh, the mute button is sticking on the steering wheel controls. It, and it could be a door switch, Joe. Exactly. You know, it needs to have some tests done yeah. before you just start throwing parts at it. I wouldn't I wouldn't buy a radio or ignition switch. I would actually test it and see what's going on. And you can look at a lot of that data processing on a scanner because each individual system, like the, the audio system, or we call it the info system because they're all incorporated today, you can look at data on that. You can look at all those switches and everything and see what's working, what ain't working, and see if there's something off that's not coming on on, on the communication line when it should be. But uh, I wouldn't buy be, be buying any parts yet. I'd be looking at that. And if it's got the, the stereo on the steering wheel, could be the steering wheel not making it work. Yeah, could it be the clock spring. I mean, there's several things that need to be looked at first. That's correct. A lot of them. All right. We got more electrical problems here with the next car. Cindy's got a 2002 Honda Accord LX four-cylinder, 2.3 liter. Says the door cannot be opened. 
Can we access broken automatic window to just prop it up? It's the passenger side, and the door is smashed and can't open. I don't want to replace the window motor. Just reach in and pull up the window and prop it up. No. Okay. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen if the door's smashed. No. <laughs> I mean, you know. That's what's happened. The door's smashed, and it's got the window channel all messed up. Yeah. yeah. And it all works off of cables. You know, I don't know if you could prop it up or not. I don't even know if it would go up without breaking it if the track's bent. Yep. Yeah. She's got an issue there where she might want to just buy a used door, put a used door on it. I go buy her a piece of plexiglass and stick up there. Yeah. yeah. Tape it on there. Yeah. I mean, got cheap you know. option there, but, you know. The but, door, typically, if you but, go to a, a that old two kind Honda, of a U-pool place, it will cost They're everywhere is them old two Hondas. Well, yeah. You know, if she's lucky, she can get one the right color. Yeah, she goes yeah. long, long enough. <laughs> It'd be all right. All right. 2002 Dodge Dakota Sport. It's a six-cylinder 3.9. Don't know if this is a man or a woman. Should I change the oil myself and or have it professionally changed? My mother-in-law hasn't had her oil changed since she brought her truck in 2017. Not a good thing to do. And she's got Um, 17,000 miles on it. Yeah, and she's got 17,492 miles on it since she bought it. Wow. The answer to that is, yeah, you should change the oil. <laughs> yeah, she's about three oil changes overdue there. The the, the saving grace on that, Joe, is a three point nine. It's not a, yeah. it's not a four point seven. Because if it's a four point seven, it would not, it doesn't shut off by now. Yeah, she just she needs to take it somewhere and have the oil change. It needs to tell them I haven't had it changed in a while, and they were probably going to recommend to put some additive in there to help clean it, and maybe the first oil change. After that, it's probably going to be at about 500 miles to try and clean it out, yep. clean Get it up. Get some sludge out. Yeah. And, and that's Hope you don't stop all, the strainer up on yeah, it. Yeah, that's about all you can do. But she's uh, she sure, you know, it, it's 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 a bad deal when you don't maintenance them like you should. It yeah. really is. Cause you problems. All right. In 1990, we're going back in time here. Toyota Corolla DLX four-cylinder 1.6 liter. Uh, I need a truck latch actuator for a 1990 Corolla and online, and they're just popping up as starting at 2003, the year. I'm just wondering if it's the same one, if I could use a 2003. If so, I'll order it, but I'm not getting no answers yet. Please, if you could help me. All right, Will that, not fit. That was all written without a period. All right. It will not fit. <laughs> no, nah, it's 13 years difference. It ain't going to work. It will not fit. They're <laughs> totally different. Yeah. If they're going to, you know, the problem is with the two, with, with the 1990, and uh, is it the same as the 2003 Corolla? No, I don't believe it is. There's there's not any way no. they're done. No, no. And you want to keep the, that in mind. The problem with this is that car is so old there's gonna they're gonna have struggle to find parts for it you have to understand that car's 31 years old and that uh, salvage yards unless you find the older salvage yard ain't gonna have one people like rd's not gonna have one because they crush all their you know once they get them stripped they crush them yeah and a lot of that stuff don't get pulled off right you know and so he's gonna have to go find him a mom and pop salvage yard to get one right. they're out there you just got to go looking Keep that in mind, all right? You need to keep it in mind. All right, a 2008 Ford Crown Vic. 
police interceptor. Eight-cylinder, 4.6-liter. This car can get up and run. I'm just letting you know right now. Uh, after changing all the injectors, coil packs, and spark plugs, I'm still getting misfire readings. I have changed all the coil packs, some several times, injectors, and spark plugs. When I ease into the pedal about three-quarters, everything seems fine. When I stomp on it to really get going, this is my... Uh, patrol vehicle as well the tack goes to about 3500 to 4500 and it sticks as if not letting the transmission change gears bogs down a little then throws the misfire codes usually i'm one and three i will be changing the cats out shortly due to its time probably hit the money on the head with them cats. i just fixed to say <laughs> the last thing it's got it yeah uh, it, it, pro- it stopped up. And probably what happened, he had a bad injector and it filled it full of gas. Yeah. Dave, as you know. I know about this. Yeah. It's happened to me twice now. Yeah, and the injectors were probably curious problem. I mean, the cats were probably curious problem. All right. So, you know, think about that. Yeah, because it, it screwed up my uh, my cats. I mean, it threw didn't, so didn't much stop oil. yours up. It just yeah. uh, hurt them bad enough that they're low efficiency. Yeah. But, yeah. Coated them. I've seen them melted inside, Dave. Yeah, they can, get so much fuel through them, it melt them. I can see that happening. All right, John, this is take us to break. 2008 Chrysler PT Cruiser Limited, four-cylinder, 2.4 liter. Used to see a lot of these on the road, not seeing as many as I used to. Where does the ignition coil driver get its ground? Have replaced all sensors, including PCM, everything receiving power except... The ignition coil driver is like like ground. ground. Yeah. yeah, there you go. You it doesn't have a ground to it. Okay. Well, and then and the the PCMs what grounds it. Mm-hmm. It pulses the ground. They got twelve volts to them. They're hot all the time. And the PCM pulses the ground, and that's triggered from the crank sensor and all the other inputs. So he he's crank got, sensor, cam sensor. He's got some probably a two thousand PT cruiser with a probably got a bad crank sensor. Yep. You know. I, I, and we don't have very much information here, but the point is that that ground is a pulse on and off. You can take a test light, put it on the, the clippy end on the positive terminal of the battery, the pointed end, unplug that injector plug, stick it in there, crank the engine over. If that's not pulsing, that means the PCM um, is not getting the signal it needs to make that pulse. So Yeah, it's all going to come out of the PCM. Yeah. And he says he replaced it, but did he put a new one on it, or did he get a used one? Mm-hmm. If you get a used one, a lot of times they won't work until you program the VIN number back into them. So, a lot of unanswered questions here. Yeah, there is. But the best thing he can do yeah. is get it hauled to to a shop and let somebody put a scanner on it and knows what to look at the information. Look at it. We're they, back to they that They call old them phrase. professionals for a reason. Yeah, that back to a phrase. Yeah. Test, not guess. Yeah. I got you. All right. We got to get a break in. Let me remind you about St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. I, I, I walked out of here yesterday, got walked into the hallway, and there was a lady standing at the front door of the radio station. And I said, hi, lady. I didn't say lady. I said, hello, ma'am. I said, can I help you? And 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 she says, yeah, I'm waiting for the station to open. 
because I have to pick up my St. Clarity cleaning certificate. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, it's going to be about 20 minutes yet. I said, Lynn Dyer will be here in just a few minutes, and she can help you with that. She says, okay. She says, you're Dave, right? And I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, I I used this one other time, and it was fantastic. So she came back for another one. That's good. That's the way it works. And that's the way we like to see it work. But St. Clarity uh, Residential Cleaning does a deep cleaning of your house. If you've got a house that's up to 2,500 square feet and usually costs $300 to get it done, we'll sell you a certificate uh, that you can present to St. Clarity and they'll only charge you $150. That's a great deal. I'm just telling you, it's a good, a good deal. They usually charge a lot more uh, than that. That uh, is just call this number, 404-6560, 404-6560, and they will take good care of you at St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. All right, back with you. I was just sitting here talking to Duck and to Joe. I've been watching a show on Netflix. I, I've, this is the third season, and it's dealing with F1. F1 racing, that's open-wheel racing. I love open-wheel racing. Now, I particularly like Indianapolis 500 and that type, you know, cart kind of stuff, where they get out and they just push the pedal to the metal. Brickyard. And, yeah, and just and run around in a circle and go as fast as they can. Emerson Fittipaldi set the course record a few years back at 242 miles an hour. Woo! That's you ever moving. been to it, Dave? Yes, I've been several times. You ever been out on the brickyard? Yes, I have. I, I've I've been out. I've you can get a ride around the really? the track and everything. Yeah, it's three and a half miles. It's so funny when you talk to people the first time they go. They they show up and you watch it on television. It looks like it's a little tiny track. It's three and a half miles long. When you're sitting down in the I I try to sit in the chute of the first turn because that's where all the action is. Uh, I sat down there and then. You look up that straightaway, and it disappears out there. You can't even see the cars when they come around the fourth so turn. You ain't saying it's like Bristol, then, are you? No, <laughs> it's not like that at all. Did you see but, where they're going to run dirt track at Bristol? Oh, really? Yeah. This weekend? Yep, this weekend they've been putting hauling that red clay dirt in there. I think that's kind of cool because that's where look NASCAR came from dirt track and moonshine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's that's where it came from. You know, it was go fast enough that the cops couldn't catch you. Yep. That's basically what it was all about. Load the car down, hope it keeps ahead of them. Yep. It's in, but it's really interesting now. I, I, I like NASCAR. It's okay. But I really just like open open wheel. I mean, they, they get at it. They get on. But anyway, this F1, I was just stunned by how much money <laughs> goes into those teams. I mean, the last two years, Mercedes – has finished first and second in every race except one. Got a guy driving called Hamilton, and he has won 91 races. He set the record for it. But watching those guys, they got the, the cameras in the cockpit with them, I don't see how they drive those doggone things. I mean, I mean, they're going around the, this track and zipping in and out. They're well strapped in, though, and you, Dave. Well, I understand that, but still you see their steering wheels going all over the place, you know? I don't know how they how they do it. I kind of got hooked on this one driver, Daniel uh, Ricardo is his name, 
and he was i forget who he was driving for he had signed a three-year contract but he wanted out after the first year because the cars were so slow (laughs) he said if i can't get out there and compete i don't want to be out there so he's gone uh, over to to another team now to see if he can't get a little bit more speed be a little bit quick out there but they were looking uh, at one of these teams. They were looking for a new sponsor. A new sponsor came on. Guess how much the sponsorship was? Five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Five million dollars. Think what one of the motors cost. Oh, I'm I'm not probably not eight nine thousand dollars. Yeah, for a motor. I mean it, it's it's incredible. Well, one of those cars cost three to five million dollars, yeah. and one little oops. Yeah, you go into the wall, it, it's it doesn't take much to rip the front wheels off. I'll just tell you that much. And no. you're going 200 miles an hour. It doesn't look like they hit real hard, but they hit real hard. Oh, yeah. That's why they got their head strapped, their arms arms are strapped. and Yeah, they use that uh, device on their heads. Hein, Heinz device. Heinz device from uh, um, NASCAR. NASCAR. Of course, that came about because of, of uh, the Senior. great... Dale, Dale, Dale Senior. Yeah. You know, he, that shouldn't have happened to him. He should not have died because yeah, of that. Yeah, because that wasn't really a bad violence. No, it was not, but it snapped his head. Yeah, it snapped his neck. Yeah, and broke his neck. That's the way it happens. But, you know, the, the, the wives talk about the dangers of driving. I got, I watch those guys driving. I would like to have a, a, a racetrack that is an elliptical that they just get out there and go as fast as they can. <laughs> that's the part that's the part of race cars that no i like restrictors fast yeah go fast go as fast as you can they don't have restrictors i think what they're going to have to do for f1 though they're going to have to come up and set a a limit of how much money you can spend well sure because if you don't the george steinbrenners of f1 are going to win all the time yeah yeah and that's what's been happening with mercedes winning all the time it's just money yeah 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 just think you Dave, get, they can't you get, take it with you them. get a ten dollar trophy if you win <laughs> <laughs> no it's probably worth a little more than that yeah, yeah they're probably 25 dollars now yeah they're silver and they got jewels in them and stuff like that probably several maybe a couple thousand dollars but still <laughs> millions of dollars to win one of those but it's all about getting the sponsorships yeah. that's what it's all about and the more you win the more sponsors you can want come up with does the name Gene Haas yeah. register with you? Now, he, what did he, was he in NASCAR first? He still is. Is he still in? Yeah. You know, last week his Haas racing team didn't finish in any kind of numbers, and it hasn't for the last season. And he called the guy up, the manager that's running the, the team, and he says, I'm not putting any more money in this. Find some more sponsors. He was putting in a million dollars a week Holy. to keep that going. It's Haas Automation. Yeah. He builds a, a lot of high-tech equipment. Pretty interesting guy. Mm-hmm. He says, they show him on the phone with this guy, right? His partner in NASCAR is Tony Stewart, Stewart Haas. Oh, is it? Yeah, he sponsored NASCAR, like three cars in the series. Yeah, I did not know that. I just knew I was familiar with yeah. the name. All right. But that, yeah, he's in the F1. They say if you really want to watch racing, F1 is where it's at. It's pretty interesting to watch it, I have to admit, how they how they race. Dave, the guy that won the vacuum cleaner last week, yes. the number you sent me, yep. 
is disconnected. So either we got the wrong number or something happened. If you're out there, call Heidi and get her. Yes, give her your number. Call, so call I can Heidi get, and say, "Here's my number again," and she'll give it to Duck, and Duck will call you. I don't know if it's if I got it wrong or, but I've called two, three different times, and it comes up and says it's just. <laughs> discontinued heidi said well i gave the right number i know i did yeah because i know heidi she's really oh, anal, she's really anal about that stuff well too and i, and I thought well and sometimes. then you sent it to me on a text and i still can't get it to sometimes yeah. in today's world people don't know their own numbers or their wife's numbers or their kids numbers <laughs> no it's in my phone they, it's it's speed dial number three <laughs> Teresa asked me russell, that's the truth i'm serious Teresa asked me russell's number the other day i said i don't know uh-huh. punch five and hold it it'll ring him. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really it's really funny it used to be when we were kids everybody knew everybody's phone number oh, oh yeah. yeah you had to because mm-hmm. the last thing you wanted to do is have to go through the phone book yeah, that ain't no lie. That's right. And they would have letters in front of them like Franklin, Skyline. Yeah. 429. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. I love that new uh, HBO series, Perry Mason. It just had the first series on that. First, uh, It was good. Yes, it was. They're doing a second a second year. And, you know, they call somebody and they pick up the phone. And he goes, you know, give me, uh, uh, I don't know, um, Jackson 535, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's the way that they they did it. And at that time, you called the switchboard, and the switchboard connected you to where you were trying to. Or like on Andy Griffin, you know, he picked the phone. Sarah, give me (laughs) Mm so-and-so. Call me back when you connected it. Yeah, give me so-and-so. They do that. All right, we're out of time, guys. Thank you, Dave. I I love just sitting here and chewing fat with you guys. I really do. You all, so as I am, so... Our well, kind age of. is showing, that's for yeah, sure. kind of. Yeah, we're telling <laughs> off on ourselves. <laughs> All right, we got news coming up next for you tomorrow. Don't forget, Robert and uh, Chris will be with us. Our lawyers, along with uh, State Senator Dan Sullivan, will talk to him as uh, well about Senate Bill 301. That's all coming your way tomorrow on the Dave Ellswick Show. <laughs>